Blog Talk Radio. All right, and we're live. This is A Minor Detail. You can find us on the web at aminordetail.com. Good evening. My name is Ryan Miner. I'm here with Eric Beasley, my our co-host. And Eric and I have officially upgraded to big-time status uh, because, uh, I, like, five minutes ago, I just asked Eric. I'm like, uh, hey, what's... Let me just confirm your address because Eric lives in Brunswick, and Eric's probably thinking, "What? What the hell is it? Why? Like, what's going on now? I, like, God only." I, I was afraid. Yeah, yeah. I was afraid you're giving me like a birthday present for Zane because then it's gonna be like, "Well, hell, I'm gonna have to remember when your kids' birthdays are now." <laughs> yeah, no, we're not doing that. We're, you know what? We don't. We are good, good enough friends to say, "Hey, tell your kid happy birthday," but forget the presents. They don't need any presents. But no, uh, we got business cards. So we are now official. Like this is the real deal. I <laughs> know it's so. yeah. We um you you had emailed me some samples uh, what a couple couple mm-hmm. weeks ago or so, uh, and uh, we kind of like mm-hmm. you know I don't like that one. I do like this one, and so you know their whole show yep. revamp. We'll have a we have we have branding. We have a universal branding. Yep. yep. Now we rebranded, and thanks to our our my my guy that I use, his name's Brandon Boucher. And he's really good. He's a really um, just talented guy. And anything that I ever need, any uh, anytime I ever need anything with graphics, I'll send Brandon an email, and he fires it right off. And uh, he is he is well worth um, every cent. So a little shout out to Brandon. But Eric, we got a we got a jam packed full show tonight, and there's so much material that we have to get to. It's been a wild week for a minor detail. We have. We were looking at the stats on the website, and because of what happened last week with uh, the the policing incident, our website, we, we got just massive numbers this week. So a little shout-out to our reporting. We were actually the first media outlet to break the story um, about the, the Hagerstown policing incident. Yeah, I mean, that's which is ironic since we, it's not like we get paid for this. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've just been waiting. Right, one of these days we're going to write some article that crashes the website and we're going to freak out our sysadmin. Um, <laughs> yeah. It'll happen one day. <laughs> yeah, William's going to – ta- no, William always, like, he always shows us the stats and is like, oh, okay, these are, these are the numbers. Well, that's great. Bring it on. Bring on more numbers. And, uh, <laughs> like, he's – and I'm just, like, actually worried that one day we're going to crash it because – Eric, what do we get in like, the last week? Oh, well over I mean we just got thousands of unique hits. It's a lot. It's we, we there's been a lot of and and it's good. A lot of people are are reading and becoming more informed about what the hell is going on, you know, like you know a lot of people up in Washington County are like, "Who the hell is this Ficker guy?" And uh it, fortunately ah. a lot of people went and looked him up and said, "Oh my gosh, this guy really is a he really is an asshole." Like I, it wasn't just yeah. them, you know, we, we validated people's feelings on this character. Yes, we did. Uh, we were, we, we did a lot of reporting during congressional district six primary when Ficker, uh, ran, I think this is his like 38th time running for an office that he'll never win. So we started, um, just to go back and we reported on the incident. It's, it's taken off and it's become, um, well beyond the reaches of us at uh, a little old minor detail here in Maryland, um, but the national incident where the 15-year-old girl was detained and then subsequently uh, arrested, she kicked, spit, cursed, and then was ultimately pepper sprayed uh, by two 
Hagerstown City police officers. And then subsequent that, you had two separate press conferences, uh, one that included the chief of the Hagerstown City Police um, backing his officers, saying that they followed all the protocol. And then you had one with that rodeo clown, Robin Ficker, uh, standing, and not only did he just make a complete ass out of himself, standing in front of the, si- the city of Hagerstown's police department, but then he got into a shouting match with the mayor. And that's not uncommon for Robin Ficker, because, Eric, I've got into the similar shouting match with Robin Ficker. Yeah, I re- wasn't that at the uh, debate down in Allegheny County? Um, that uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> there was a bit of a shouting match there. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, look, that's what, I mean, Maybe he maybe he just forgot where he was and he thought that he was on the floor of the Washington Bullets game. Um, yeah, or that know. he was at the Frostburg courthouse. Yeah, yeah, he was he was trying a case that didn't exist in a courthouse that is yeah. uh, so, fiction. Unfortunately, you couldn't join the show the other night when we talked. To, uh, I laid out everything that happened and then provided my own spin. But, Eric, um, you and I have talked at length about this issue, and I really – I'm interested to get your perspective. I I already provided mine, um, but uh, I'd love to to hear your perspective, and then we'll we'll just bounce it, and we'll just keep going back and forth and see and and kind of discuss this issue. Um, Once again, we'll rehash what happened. So so first off, okay, this is – this is exactly why everybody should be supporting body cameras. Okay. This incident right here is a textbook example of, and the truth telling that body cameras offer us. Okay. Cell phone cameras cannot do the entire job. As we've seen, we saw two videos that were incomplete come out. Then we saw the body cam and when the body cam came out, then all of a sudden everything kind of clicked and you're able to see the, the, the totality of the events. Okay. So, First off, this is why every police officer should have a body camera on them at all times when they are on duty, no matter what. Okay, if I was a police officer, I would want one of these on my chest. I would go buy one if I had to. Okay, because in this exact incident, all right, if there was not body cam footage, then God knows what would be happening in Hagerstown right now. Okay, but there was body cam footage that proved that this teenage girl was not acting very ladylike. So, you know, we, that's, I, I, I can, I guarantee you behind the scenes right now, the Hagerstown police department is saying, thank God we put this little piece of plastic on our chest. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Number one, number two, I think um, that, uh, yes. Uh, I, I, I agree, uh, Eric and, if without the body camera video, it could have clearly been a he said, she said that would have descended into more so um, that would have been a, I would say, a rejection of the facts and more so to appeal to the narrative where um, you and I have talked about this. We recognize when people are the, – the narrative that's happened in this country, the, the, the racial tensions um, as a result of – you know, police shooting African American men, um, but we take this on a case by case basis, meaning that we do our due diligence. We look at the facts as they stand, and then we decide whether or not what what really happened based on the facts that what we have. I mean, that's kind of like what a jury does, because the worst thing that we we want to do is rush to judgment 
and especially with the city of Hagerstown, any, as soon as I saw Robin Ficker share that, Eric, you and I, we know him. We know him well. We know all the goofy things that he has done. And let me tell you, at the moment that Robin Ficker shared that, I said something is sketchy about this. There is no way that we should take anything that Ficker says with any sort of seriousness. Am I right? Yeah, I think. No, you're you're completely right. You know, maybe maybe this is Ficker's uh, play for media before he runs for governor against John Delaney in 2018. I mean, who knows? Okay, with this guy, right? But uh, yeah, no, it's yeah. you have to, you know, there is something to be said about sources, okay? And if somebody like Robin Ficker spreading this around, yeah, the first thing that I think is like, well, obviously he's wrong because he is a serial sociopathic liar at this point, okay? You know, and it's it's and, and it is very important as well. Like you're saying, we we do have to distinguish between like we, we have to distinguish between if, if you get out of a, if, if a cop pulls you over and you get out of the car and you have a gun on you that's stupid okay i don't care if it's an open carry state or a constitutional carry or anything like that okay if you get out of the car and you start waving a gun around i expect the police officer to shoot you okay now if for some reason <laughs> yeah. you cannot remove that if, if say the say the firearms in a holster okay and you're driving your car, then you put your damn hands up and you tell them, officer, can you please come take this gun off me? Because I ain't touching this thing while you're looking at me. And then well, there's also true. And like, there's incidents like Eric Garner, for example, who was, you know, he was murdered on the streets of New York because of cigarette taxes. Okay. Um, so, and we do have. I'm not laughing, but that's sad. That's sad. Yeah. No, it's, but it's true that he was killed because he was selling an untaxed cigarette. That's why he was killed on the streets, okay? Taxman's going to get his money one way or another, all right? And they'll kill you if you don't get handed over. So, you know, we do have to think in this incident, based on the body cam footage, based on the totality of the evidence, this young girl was in the wrong. And the Hagerstown police were in, were, what I, sh- I should, the Hagerstown police, I'm not going to say that they were right, but what I am going to say is that they followed law enforcement doctrine as established by their, by a majority of police departments in the United States. I I happen to agree, and I think that, you know, as I mentioned uh, earlier this week in in the podcast version of this discussion, that the Hagerstown City Police, uh, I I, I believe that they did everything that their training taught them to do, and it it worked. Now, look, you have this young girl who ran it, ran a (laughs) – ignored a traffic control device. Ryan, I wouldn't – I I, I would disagree with you there, though, okay, is – Yes, they had the training and they followed their doctrine, but there were some I, – I saw a couple of issues with, with the events as they unfolded. Like number one being why, why could two grown men not restrain a 100-pound girl, okay, 100-pound teenager? I think they – I mean I think in a way that they, they, they did restrain her, but I mean when you have her kicking, screaming, yelling, causing the scene, and further exacerbating the situation to the point where – they have to literally pick her up and drag her ass into the police car, I, and I don't mean drag, but I mean that in a, uh, you know, a figurative sense. They picked. I mean, they, you saw her. You saw her kicking the body camera, and when they first tried to detain her, because she, you see her attempting to flee the scene. What two minutes after the fact, she claims that she was unconscious due to a, a, a concussion. No, and okay, look, that's that's the part that I'm fine with. Okay, the part that I was not okay with during the video, 
Okay. And this is, again, this is following police doctrine and this is following their training, but it's part of their training that I disagree with is under, under police doctrine, an officer can pull out their pepper spray and spray you if you're not complying with what they say. Now, the thing I don't like about that is basically it's allowing cops to, they, you're allowing police officers to cause physical pain in order to get compliance, okay? So if a cop can pepper spray you, why can't they also just slap you across the face or maybe, you know, break your pinky finger, okay? It all accomplishes the same thing. It's no other purpose than to hurt you until you decide to start listening, okay? So that's the part that I disagree with, all right? If you can't make a 100-pound girl get her feet in a car, okay, if you're not physically strong enough to do that or you're just too lazy to actually put them in the car all the way, then I don't think you have any business being a police officer. Okay, that's so a fair to point. Me, to, that, me, that, that, to me, there is no reason to utilize mace or pepper spray or any other, anything else like that. That's the part I disagree with. But again, it's not against police doctrine. We would have – we uh, looking at the video, and we, of course, I, I've never spent a day as a, as a police officer, and I can only – speak to this from my own judgment and which is not the same as a police officer but i have to say that they warned her several times you're going to get sprayed put your feet in they had another police officer walk over and attempt to talk with her i think to de-escalate the situation and i think that's it's another good point to talk about is that some people are claiming that the police officers did not deactivate or i'm sorry de-escalate the situation and um, I, I don't – from what I can see, I think that they tried, and they asked to call her mother. She refused, but I think the bigger lesson in this, this whole story is that all of this was totally avoidable, all of it. It, it, it could have gone yes. a different way because either the young girl did not have the knowledge to understand that she has rights, and that's the point. Eric, you and I often talk about if people only understood the con their constitutional rights. I mean, there's no statute of limitations. It's you have them; they're inalienable. You are born with these natural rights that are that are granted to you by not by government, by by the virtue of being alive. Uh, that you are that we are born into the greatest country, I believe, in the world because we are bestowed with these these rights. That in the case of this incident, what could she, if she had the knowledge to understand that she could have said, if I am being detained, officer, I, I wish to remain silent. I want to talk to my mom, and I want a lawyer. So except not Robin Ficker, maybe we should have a – maybe in our country that this, these experiences will bring about a revolution to energize people to learn how to invoke your constitutional rights at the right times. Yeah, instead of being – Annoying little brats, like that'd be a novel concept, okay? You know, like and and so yeah, hope you know. Let's hopefully you know everybody up in Hagerstown has done a quick uh, you know Constitution 101 um, after this incident. You know, if, they, if there's Eric and I will teach you out of it. Yeah, maybe may we should do you know a show what? on that. Maybe we should we should do a show how to interact with cops when uh when you're a civil libertarian. Uh, that would be a great show. In fact, I think we should schedule that in, in an upcoming session. We'll do an hour segment, and what we'll do is get a police officer and a an attorney uh, to join the show and talk about what happens during a 
a police stop. So, you know, Eric, just to go into this, when police officers say you are being detained, that means that they can hold you for a, I would say, a reasonable amount of time, and this is all constitutional law, that they have the right to ask you questions. They can search you, um, and, and you can, of course, refuse to be searched, um, but um, you okay. certainly should not resist that. You should voice that you uh, you object to any searches of your property. And when police officers ask if they can search your property, always say no. Always say no. Yeah, always. Regardless, you of, always say no, yeah. no matter what. what. Yeah. And and also Absolutely. you can be detained for up to forty eight hours. That's how it is in the United States. Every country is a little different. I know, like, uh, you know, a lot of countries in Europe, it's like a week or two that you can be detained without having been arrested. In the U.S., it's forty eight hours. Okay, and you know, there you also have to. Uh, there's there's certain exceptions to searching your property, entering your home. Okay, there's and so we could, you know, that'd be a. There's there's plenty of stuff that everybody should know. To, this is like bouncing a checkbook or changing a, a flat tire. Like this is stuff that everybody but people needs don't to know. know. No, they don't because our school system sucks. Um, and uh, the important things we, we don't learn in school. Well, I, I would say that if we started to to teach courses about how to exercise our rights responsibly and invoke our pri- our constitutional privileges, um, especially in the in the presence of a police officer. Look, if a police officer stops me on the street and I'm walking and I'm minding my own business uh, in Maryland, I mean, of course, in order for them to stop you, they have to have something. It's a legal standard called reasonable suspicion. That means that if I am have committed, am committing, or in, or about to commit some sort of crime, they can reasonably stop you and ask you questions. To which you respond, "Am I being detained?" Uh, no, no, you're not being detained. Okay, so am I free to leave? Yes, and then you walk away. If you are, however, being detained, the first thing that you should say is anything. You should say lawyer. That's it, lawyer. And then you shut up, you dummy up, and you wait till you have a lawyer in order to speak to the police officers. You don't, you don't say anything. And had this young girl known that, and I don't think I blame her for not knowing that because a lot of most fifteen-year-olds in this country wouldn't know the responsible way to own that, and just said, and, and, and or when the officer said, "What's your mom's number?" and she said, "Officers, I'm going to step aside. I'm going to call her, and I'm going to have my parent come down here." And then I'm going to have her deal with it. And you know what they would have done? Most likely they would have just exchanged the insurance information, and the little young lady would have been on her way. Hopefully, um, you know, maybe she would have had to pay for the damages that she caused to the elderly gentleman's vehicle. Instead, mm-hmm. she acted like an asshole. She acted like an asshole. Yeah. And when you yeah. act like an asshole to cops, don't expect them to return the favor of niceties. That's not how it's going to work. That, well, that's not how it works anywhere, quite frankly, with anybody, whether they're a cop or not. So, I mean, but yeah, this, well, is, how, this is like this is one of those situations where you just sit there, like you know, this could have been avoided if you like just weren't such a jerk. <laughs> yeah, and then then what happened afterwards was even more infuriating because they hired, maybe they didn't hire. Robin Ficker got involved, and when that happened, if the family was looking to be taken seriously, and if they were, if they were serious about combating the charges, why would they have Robin Ficker stand at their side during a press conference? And why would they? 
Why would you have the 15-year-old girl read what was clearly a, pre uh, a prepared statement that she claims that she wrote? I, I don't necessarily believe that, but you see Ficker, you say he says these outrageous things. We all know that. He has a history of doing it, that this is the worst act of police brutality he has seen in 40 years of whatever. Uh, and <laughs> it, it just was a clown show. And now that people in the city of Hagerstown and elsewhere are discovering that he is their legal representation, it just makes it all the worse for this young lady who, you know, she claims, oh, I'm a private person, but you're appearing on Good Morning America. You have ABC News coming down to little Hagerstown, Maryland, my hometown where my grandparents were born back in the 20s. And then you have this, this girl making a national spectacle and – it just seems like the more that she's on television and appearing, the more that she's pushing the blame away. Like she takes no responsibility for her actions. Her mother failed to take any responsibility for her actions. So I'm, I, I have to think, what are you doing? Just admit that you were wrong and, and move on. And then I bet maybe they'll drop the charges. Maybe or maybe not. Maybe they'll put it on the set dock and then no. wait till she's 18 and all, all this goes away. Nah, they honestly, I want, based on everything, especially with the fiasco that's happened afterwards, honestly, if, like, if, I, was, if I was the state's attorney of Washington County, I'd, I'd keep the charges on there. I wouldn't necessarily send her to jail or anything, but uh, yeah, no. absolutely. This has turned into an absolute fiasco, okay? The body cam footage shows that the teenager was in the wrong, okay? If Unruly. They, if, yes, exactly. Unruly. I mean, they're not going to charge, like, I think, what, what is it, like, two assault charges, resisting arrest, and, like, possession of marijuana. Disorderly okay, conduct. First off, yeah, disorderly conduct, you know, so, uh, you know, which is, like, that could, you could get disorderly conduct for sneezing wrong, okay? But, like, mm. so honestly, I don't think she had more than, what is it, isn't it 10 grams of marijuana now to actually be criminally charged in Maryland? So I'd be shocked if she yeah, had more I don't, than that. How, how, I don't think a 15-year-old can afford how much that you... much weed. Well, I don't know how much, and you know, I think that's one of the overlooked. Because, to be honest with you, the the whole marijuana thing, yeah, even at fifteen, that's a little much. I mean, what are you doing with marijuana when you're fifteen? Um, should it be a a civil citation, like it's moving towards where it's it's the equivalent of a traffic ticket? I mean, really, honestly, I I believe I mean, you and I both support legalization, but I think it's a little bit different when it comes to 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 a child and she's technically a child well yeah yeah i mean and that's that yeah that's a whole another conversation to have about you know what you yeah. do with your own body and all that all that stuff but uh but you know honestly but Aaron, one of those charges they need to just go ahead and prosecute and put her on trial okay because if if you don't then i think that this teenager is going to believe that they can keep acting this way and keep doing this stuff for the rest of their life and get away with it because they'll, you know, well, she, let me call up my old buddy Robin and uh, get me out of this jam that I got myself in. Like, no, put her Eric, in the jam did. and teach her now. We weren't the first to report on Robin Ficker, and we're not going to be the last, but you really did some in-depth reporting. And then the local newspaper, the Herald Mail, picked up the story, and they, they talked about his, his, his issues, we'll say, uh, being a, an ambulance-chasing two-bit hack of of an attorney. I mean, the guy wore a suit that looked like Matlock. He was a he's a goon. The guy is a goon. He's a gadfly. 
and he bounces around. You saw the way that he acted during these congressional debates, and we took him on on a minor detail during the CD6 Republican primary, and he attacked us both. Personally, he did some just absolutely disgusting and nefarious things to you personally that we're, we're not going to talk about during this show, but – that time is coming, and we will we'll get to that when it when it comes. But let me just say that Eric, you talked about you 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 really reported on some in depth heavy stuff. So maybe the family should understand who they're dealing with, and I hope that you tell them tonight. Oh yeah, well okay. I mean, like we we've reported on it for a while. I'm I'm a little disappointed that the Herald Mail did. You know, I I could tell from reading the article that they read the, they found the same basically magazine archives that I found to show other stuff as in, you know, number one, stolen valor. Okay. Uh, Ficker has run around and he's used uh, lawyer speak to basically say, well, I attended West point and I served my country, but he misses the part where he got kicked out for misconduct. He got miss He got kicked out because he, he, he harassed a nurse while he had a broken leg so horrifically that West Point had to throw him out of the academy. Okay, that yeah. is unheard of, especially at the time that he was kicked out. He was kicked out in 1966. All right, so you got to think about this. This was right after the Battle of Iadrang Valley. This was right when Vietnam was ramping up. We knew that we were going to war. Okay, you don't kick people out for being mean. For when you're going to war. So obviously he went above and beyond the pale in order to be kicked out. Okay. I mean, it was the same story when I joined the military and you know, I signed up in 2004. And so, you know, the Iraq war had, we, we realized what a quagmire we were in. And so the military was trying to get any single person, any, if you could walk straight, like, then they would let yeah. you in. Okay. And so, you know, that's how, and, and so like, so think about it, like, you know, Figure got kicked out during the ramp up to a war where, you know, 58,000 Americans died in that war. Like, so what did he have to do to get kicked out during the Vietnam War? All right. So that should tell you something yeah. right there. Okay. And then, you know, let's not forget basically in every single one, every single time his law license got suspended, the, uh, the Bar Association here in Maryland basically commented on how terrible of a lawyer he was, how he would overbook clients, forget to show up to their to their, to their court hearings. You know, he basically just walks around the courthouse and says, hey, you need a lawyer? Like, give me 500 bucks and we're yep. good. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, you know, it, it's, it's wholesale lawyering is what it is, okay? And so, like, you know, this is all, like, public domain knowledge. It's all out there and people can read it. I mean, like, you know, I, I'd rather hire Hannibal Lecter as my lawyer than Ficker. <laughs> well, it's I mean, important to I remember think, what the, one of the, one of the, the judges had said about Ficker that if he had if if he had an opportunity to, uh, to 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 extend the suspension of his law license he would do so permanently yeah there so they the guy said like if we're not going to disbar people for this then when will we yeah. disbar people you know well, improperly Eric, let's wrap up this money and kinds of stuff so we got summary, so much to talk Ficker's about a terrible but, but person this, Ficker's a terrible person, and he's a terrible lawyer. The family, if they were serious about being represented by legal counsel, there's plenty of great attorneys in the city of Hagerstown. I would suggest uh, – this probably would be a conflict, but I would suggest them to talk to Lou Metzner, who is a fantastic attorney who will, 
who is one of the best that I know of. Uh, the young girl was clearly wrong. There is a lesson to be learned on both sides. I think that we can have a discussion about this. There's a restorative justice angle as well, and then we're going to follow the story. Um, I'm sorry to see this happen, but I, I think that it was a learning lesson, and I just hope that it all calms down. And by the way, it wasn't about race. Her own mother said that during the press conference, which really gets to me when people are busing, when, you know, they're busing in Black Lives Matters protests. Uh, and go home. Go back to wherever you came from. Stay out of the city of Hagerstown. Stop fanning the flames. And I hope that people that are protesting the incident have an opportunity to sit down and meet with the chief of police. They can explain their procedures. And I hope there's some serious resolution and conversation that um, that is the product of this mess. And in a month or so, Eric, this will all be this will all go away. It won't be forgotten. But trust me, as you know, we understand the news cycle. This will go away. I sure hope so. Yeah. So, all right, uh, we're going to move on. The next thing is uh, there's always a mess in Washington County with teachers, um, or I should say the teachers' union, with the Board of Education. I mean, it's this is some of the bread and butter of our show because they just keep providing us an endless supply of material. So, Today, Eric, the Herald Mail, I don't know if you saw the story or not, but they they did a story. C.J. Loveless um, wrote a story about the the fractured Washington County Board of Education, and he he really unwinded this this mess that that is the division between the majority four members who are the definition of sanity, of progress, of vision versus the the stagnant, stale status quo, uh, Karen Harshman, Mike, ethically challenged Mike Gasford, and, um, and Melissa Williams, who recently held a fundraiser yesterday at the backyard paradise of a true weirdo named Todd Roberts. Um, uh, in an all sort of revolt. Yeah, well, we'll just mention that he's a weirdo, and I'm not sure why she had a fundraiser at this guy's house, but uh, I hope it was pleasant. Anyway, they CJ and the Herald Mail today talked about their emails, talked about the tone, the conversation, and they have this nexus of dysfunction, Eric, that all revolves around one person, the common denominator, um, Karen Harshman. Karen Harshman. Yeah, We're always she, back to what a, talking about she's one of Ficker's Karen best Harshman. friends. Yeah, Ficker. She, she had this lovely picture with Robin Ficker during the primary, and they're like hugging each other. She's wearing a Stan Stauffer shirt, which is really interesting because I, I have to wonder, um, just <laughs> thick as thieves, as Karen Harshman likes to say. But Eric, I, the board is a the, the board. They have four great board members, and then I get a call on Friday from from Harold Mayor reporter C.J. Loveless, and he said, you know, I want to give you an opportunity to respond. And I said, okay, Karen Harshman and the other two goofballs accused me of receiving insider information from Superintendent Clayton Wilcox as well as Brightman, Dr. Hardings, Jackie Fisher, and Wayne Ridenauer. All these people that I actually respect that are very knowledgeable about policy, that understand the grand vision of the school system, and Dr. Wilcox is – objectively one of the the best superintendents in the country. People from all over the country talk about Clayton Wilcox as 
a visionary leader in someone that has serious perspective about moving a school system in the right direction with technology, with teachers, with I, – I mean he's the smartest guy that I've ever seen in this position, and that's saying a lot. So there, you, know, you have these three that constantly create a problem on behalf of the Board of Education that are always stalling progress. And it comes down to it that Karen Harshman is, is a textbook bully. Eric, you and I talked about her ad nauseum when she, took, when she filed this, this restri- uh, the, the, a peace order against me because I dared to ask her a personal question through email. You remember that? Yeah. Okay. So first off, like the question was stupid, Ryan. I think you know that. Okay. But secondly, yeah. that's no justification to try to use the legal system. Okay, to try to file some uh, like she filed a restraining order because you said mean things one time in an email. Like that's not what a restraining order is for. Okay, a restraining order is for like say you know somebody has been sitting in my bushes for the last week taking pictures oh, of yeah. me through a window. Okay, or you know this person beat me with a three quarter inch steel pipe. Okay, that's what you use restraining orders for. You don't use it because your yeah. your precious little feelings got hurt. If somebody asks you a question, your question was wrong, by the way. You shouldn't have asked her. Okay, but it's still not. Uh, I mean, I to okay. try to use try to use the legal system to s- stop somebody from asking you a question. Uh, right. I mean, I get it. It was definitely a tense uh, question, and there was a greater story to be to be written. But ultimately, I decided that it wasn't worth the hassle to go into it. Um, but this this woman has been an embarrassment for Washington County. And I said today in the newspaper, they got a quote. They, they, CJ asked me my perspective, and he said, you know, what is your response to them accusing you of receiving insider information? And as I said, I, uh, it's, it's, it's erroneous. It's offensive. There's, it's not happening. And just because I have – I have – pretty solid keen insight. I watch these Board of Education meetings. I read the documents. I, I request documents through uh, the, the Maryland Public Information Act, and I always get what I find. And they say, oh, well, Minor, they, 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 he has a constant stream in, into the Board of Education. And I said, no, that's not true. I, it's not – Clayton Wilcox is not calling me up every day and saying, oh, Ryan, guess what happened during closed session? Karen Harshman added, uh, said X, Y, and Z, and then this happened, and then – are they crazy now? Oh, thought, that's wait, illegal. Wait, I, that's a, I, thought, I, I thought you guys were BFFs, and like you, know, you guys were like this. Okay, You always who? chatted, had brunch on Sunday. You and, you uh, and the superintendent, Dr. Wilcox. I had I mean, lunch obviously. with Clayton. Well, hey, you know what? If anybody's listening out there in cyber world, you can dial in. You want to talk to us? Eric, our number is 646-716-5971. You call in. I'll put you on there, and we'll talk about this. And this is a big story because there is a clear and present riff on this Board of Education that big picture that is preventing them from doing the job that they were elected to do to serve the students and teachers and administrative staff of Washington County. And it's sad because – Karen Harshman has said god awful things against Mike or against uh, Clayton Wilcox. Mike Gesford is constantly self beclouding himself. Lately, I mean, just recently, I'll give you an example. Mike Gesford, Mike Gesford, and he, you know, he said that he tells Clayton Wilcox. This wasn't in the article today. He just needs one more vote, one more vote to get him out, 
and it was left out of the story today. And that's like you're threatening the superintendent saying, oh, well, um, I am such a dummy that I, you know, I, I, I could never imagine to be on the level that Clayton Wilcox is. So I have this grudge against whatever, and I think it goes much deeper. There's a, there's a whole psychosis that I, I'm going to write a story about. Um, but oh, boy. It, saying, oh, we just need one more vote to get rid of you. For what? You've, you're doing an – Clayton Wilcox is doing an absolutely fantastic job by all objective standards. And then just the other day, Mike Gasford is saying that, oh, well, because during negotiations, the, 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 the superintendent can say, well, I want this for my salary. And then Mike says, no, well, it's not Clayton Wilcox who can decide the salary. It's the board. Well, has he not forgotten yeah. that there's an entire – uh, teachers Association that decides whether or not teachers get a raise. Is Clayton Wilcox the only school system employee who cannot negotiate a salary? I mean, for God's sakes, his contract is public. Read the damn contract. This is how stupid these people are, and I mean that. They are they are so incompetent. They don't deserve to be sitting on a corporate board that manages a $300 million budget. They don't deserve to be sitting on a board that looks after the best interest of children. I mean, this is this is weird stuff. You know, I mean, I just I, 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 obviously, Ryan, uh, you're way more into sick. it up there in Washington County well, than I am. Okay, but it just well, this this is what it feels like to me. It feels like basically these these three people. Okay, I can't even. I don't. Um, you know, Karen Harshman, the other two. Um, what is it? Better terrible up there. Okay, it seems like basically they were just Who? names that got. Well, whoever these these bad board of ed people are, I, I don't remember their names. Okay, I just hear I hear all the stories and you know read the same articles everybody else does. But like, basically, you know, it seems to me like they were just names that got put up there. Okay, essentially Tea Party like extremist types, and they really yeah. don't know what they're doing. Like this is see this is what happens when you elect people that have no idea how to like do their duty in office. Period. I mean, we have. And, and you see those problems everywhere. I mean, you see that with, uh, you know, with unaffiliated uh, Bud Otis down here in Frederick County. You have it, uh, you know, you obviously got up there in Washington County with your Board of Ed. I mean, like, and these are all, it's, it's, it's the exact same problem, and it's just that people pr- present different symptoms for it. You know, so they don't know what they're doing. Like, they're in way over their head. I mean, if they were smart, they would just quit. They, the, the members don't communicate with the board majority. Uh, they... They claim that there is they that the superintendent intentionally withholds information and gives the information to them at a at the final hour just so that they are unprepared. And Clayton Wilcox even said this is ridiculous. I, I mean, Look, these, right. if, Wilcox is like, prof- if that's the case, if that's the case, then they need to file a complaint. Okay, with you know, they need to do, instead of sitting around talking to the newspaper, they need to like bring this up. Okay, because if they're getting this information last minute, they're getting it emailed. All right, emails have timestamps. So if it's actually happening, it would not be that hard to prove. If it isn't happening and they're literally just talking out their ass, then problem solved. This is, it's not like that's a hard thing to figure out. Okay, but see, obviously well, they don't want to prove it because it's not happening. Well, you have to start watching some of the meetings, and I'll, I'm going to pull the clips. But when the board members, so you take Melissa Williams. Um, and you know, look, you just to, to piggyback, they receive every fr- every Friday before their their business meeting, and their business meeting is every two weeks on a Tuesday. They receive a Friday packet with every every bit 
and nook and cranny of their information that they need to review before walking into that. When they were elected, they walked in understanding that they're going to have to do some preparatory work. I mean, this is not a uh, this is not a college 101 class that you would take in the afternoon on a Friday and then never have to study for. No, this is real life. They are sitting on a corporate board that oversees millions of taxpayer dollars. They are allocating monies. They are they are making policy, and they are working with state law. If they are not prepared to do the job, then why run? Well, I can tell you why they run. I can tell you why Karen Harshman decided to run in 2010 because she was such a shitty teacher, and this is by all accounts. I've talked to her administrators, <laughs> Eric. I've talked to her former colleagues. I have interviewed them off the record. One-on-one have told me person after person, former students, that she was a class A bully, that she never – she was consistently underperforming. And that she was an embarrassment, that she was an emotional wreck. I mean, I'm just repeating. I'm just repeating uh, what I've heard. Right. Right. So if you can't do, you teach. And if you can't teach, you manage the teacher's budget. Yeah, I just – this is someone that should never – and for some reason, she was elected. I mean, and she was elected. She beat me. And this is what they go to. This This is what they go to, Eric. He is mad because he lost. He is jealous. He doesn't live in the county anymore. Why is he still talking about Washington County? Why does he care? Why is he being a little minion for the board majority? Well, first of all, I was over this election two, about a month after it happened. I mean, it's sure, you, you lose. You think about what you could have done better. You reflect. You spend some time alone and say, I gave it all that I had. I ran for the right reasons, and I lost. However… In that court, I decided to do something a little bit different, and that was to highlight education policy, an issue that I've always been passionate about, uh, that I wanted to pursue that element of public service because I believed I could offer something that was slightly different. And so they just keep – they don't – they can't wrap their head around why we do what we do, why I talk about this, and it seems like they think that I'm limited just because I live outside of the county now that I'm somehow only limited to talk about informa- issues that are in Montgomery County or you know in Washington D.C. or wherever, and they just keep you know Karen Harshman sharing memes on Facebook that uh, oh I don't I don't live in the county <laughs> no. anymore. I mean you saw that it was so those so were amateur. Those were, they were first off okay. Like I, somebody needs to learn what a meme is, okay? Like I said, like I like oh, I wrote yeah. on the blog, I was like, it fe- it felt like that time, you know, that first time that your like your dad tries to use like like modern slang. Like I remember, I remember the yeah. first time my dad tried to say like, dude, that was so cool, and I just looked at him and I was like, are you are you freaking kidding me, dad? Like <laughs> that's super lame. That's what it felt like when she was doing it, you know, yeah. like bad well, bad dad jokes. And, and, and it was. And Eric, you saw last year when I spoke before the board, and the issue was they were talking about the Barbara Ingram School for the Arts, and then Karen Harshman had made this incredibly silly statement to suggest that kids who attend this downtown school, which is one of the highest performing schools in the state of Maryland, you recognized countrywide uh, for the program and the um, – uh, and their their curriculum, uh, she said, well, it's not safe to walk from one block to the next in downtown Hagerstown. Um, and then oh, yeah. <laughs> I spoke before the board. 
Yeah, remember that? Yeah. So she gets up yeah. in the middle as I'm speaking and says, I'm taking a trip. She walks out of the meeting. We're talking about a 69-year-old woman at the time getting up because she could not stand to hear an opposing opinion. She gets up and leaves and then comes back. How embarrassing. And then she starts crying. It's a mess. This this person is a mess, and I think that there's something else going on that is causing th- these emotional breakdowns. And it's this – it is such – classic textbook examples of be of a bully who is finally called out on their nonsense and anytime that she hits me with goofy stuff like sending memes what i don't think she understands is that i'm going to respond in a measured and proportional way i'm going to do it and if it's not worth the response i won't respond but if it's something that i mean she she just never had anybody ever stand up to her all of her many of her students have told me that she was a bully, she was mean, she was hateful. Her colleagues said she was unbearable to work with. Her administrators told me this off the record that she was one of the worst teachers that they have ever experienced. And then so what does she do? She runs for the Board of Education to to to, to set policy for teachers, and that's our only shtick. Teachers this, teachers that. Yes, we all care about teachers. We want to make sure teachers are paid an equitable and fair wage. We want to make sure that teachers have the materials they need to teach, and that was one of my primary platforms when I ran for the Board of Education. But Karen, quit being a one-trick pony. This woman doesn't know a single thing about how finances operate. She doesn't understand the budget, and just ask her colleagues. They'll tell you. What does she understand about how a complex budget as a $300 million budget operates. She doesn't, she doesn't get it. I mean, if I were on this board of education, I would be, my hair is already turning gray. I tell you what, I would have already had a thicker set of, of gray hair had I had the opportunity or the displeasure, I should say, to work with someone like Karen Harshman. And then what do they do? They elect Mike Gesford, who was one of the most incompetent individuals I've ever had the displeasure <laughs> of, of coming in contact with. This is a person who for three years or for three separate occasions cannot fill out an accurate ethics disclosure form. It's like, really? Does somebody need to walk and hold your hand in order to tell the truth? Yeah. I mean, see, this is that whole thing. There's there's some people that just have no business running for office, okay? She's one of them. They're all – yeah, if you can't fill out a a disclosure form, and honestly, if you can't manage a budget that's as much as John Delaney's worth – then you shouldn't be running for an office where you have to manage a budget that big. So, well, like, and then yeah, you know, and they they there's this they focus on me. They 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 really do. They 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 talk. They they yeah. I mean, it's like they labor over the fact that I have an opinion, that I ask them questions, um, and and so they just constantly bring me up all the time to people, anyone who's willing to listen. And my question to you. Karen, Mike, Melissa, if you guys hate me as much as you say that you do, which they do, why why don't they just ignore me? Why don't they just ignore me? Wouldn't that be the, wouldn't that be the easiest thing to do? And but they just they just keep attacking. And as I said, if 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 a response is required, I'm going to do it in a measured and proportional way. I, I, that's just who I am. Um, but I I, I want to get to another issue. There's a there's a candidate yeah, that's running look, who ran. They are, into, Ryan, they're always going to be crazy yeah, up there. So we'll just keep writing about it and uh, getting a good chuckle out mm-hmm. of it. It's not – I just feel bad. I truly mean that, and I said this in the newspaper today. It's, it's, they quoted me. 
I feel bad for the kids because if the kids are watching this, they see three very poor role models and that Melissa Williams, who is indeed passive aggressive, who um, is, is not always the most prepared board member. Um, she fumbles a lot. There's not a whole lot of deep thought and strategic action there. Uh, it's just a mess. They're a mess. You know, with Mike Esford, who is ethically challenged, I would never want my kids to emanate someone like Mike Esford. And Karen Harshman, I, I mean, good God, uh, this, is, this, is, this is a mess. And I, I hope that for the sake of the students in Washington County, that they clean up their acts, they attempt to work with other members of the board. And if not, don't run again. You know, let, just get off and go retire and be happy. And, and just because you have a grudge against the school system, which they, they clearly do because they're all poor performing teachers, in my opinion, they go, they, they go off and they run and they just make things very painful for a school system that has incredible promise. So I want to tell you a quick story, right. Eric. Um, the, the, right. I want to quantify this, though, okay? So when, when a teacher retires, they get something, what, 80 90% of their salary is a pension, right? Uh, they, they get a pension. I'm not sure of the exact percentage of, of what they get, but it's, it's, a, it's a significant number. I mean, if they're in the system for 30 years, then that's what they, you know, they, they get what they get. Yeah. So, I mean, because I, I, I just I, I don't, I'm not familiar with Washington County system. I know like back, you know, back home. I mean, I, I had teachers. I, I knew a teacher that hit 45 years and they actually got paid more when they retired um, based on how the retirement calculations work. But it's like, OK, if you have worked this long, then take damn vacation and go retire and like leave it all alone. Okay, <laughs> Like, why are you yeah. intentionally trying to, you know, if you put in all that work and you decided to retire because you wanted to like retire, then why the hell are you running for school board? Like go, go retire. Let somebody else sit in that seat. Somebody else who actually wants to like, you know, fix up, you know, make sure the budget's good, make sure the system's good, the school system. Right. And instead of like, you know, go go to the Bahamas. Like, leave us alone. You know. Well, that that would be fine and okay, except that some members have so badly mismanaged their own personal finances that they couldn't take the trip to the Bahamas when you do when you retire. So I'll I'll leave that up for anyone's imagination. Um, and I don't I don't mean to be unkind, but it's it's Sunday night. Anyway, let's. There's another issue that you're going to find hilarious, Eric. Um, Stan Stauffer, I who who was a former teacher at Williamsport High School, also a a very complex, disgruntled person that um, was a very nasty man. Um, he he verbally abused many of his students. Um, he was sort of like the Donald Trump of Williamsport High School, where I I attended and graduated from. And he he was a soccer coach, and he just always had sort of this nasty, mean, vengeful edge. He was – none of the students really cared much for him, and he was kind of vehemently disliked amongst the staff. And anybody that had to deal with Stan Stafford, he just made – he made the high school like – he was the, the teacher where you're just like, oh, I have to go to this guy's class. And incidentally, Eric, he taught government. He taught – Ninth grade government, <laughs> and I had him in. Oh and so, and here's a like here's a little weird anecdote. I remember um, when my mom uh, was, um, you know, how parents do this back to school stuff. Um, oh, 
you know, and they go back and they meet your teachers when you first go back to school. Uh, he later when we had lunch, I mean, this was when we were on speaking terms and we were talking, and um, he 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 remarked to me. He said, "Well, I, you know, at, at the time apparently he was single, and I, I'm not. I, I do not care about his social life or." private life whatsoever but i will tell you he kept making remarks about how good looking my mom was and like he was it, it, like he said it repeatedly it was very weird it made me kind of like what you're my teacher dude you're talking about my mom oh uh it was just one of those creepy things <laughs> that you that don't movie. say to a former yeah it's just one of those creepy things you say that you don't say to your former students but anyway i was just like okay all right um and he made a he made a snide remark um, about Kim, and since then she's not been a let's just say his biggest fan. And so anyway, Stan Stauffer, former teacher, my former teacher, he ran for the board of education last time. Here's another poor performing teacher. He was placed on a performance improvement plan, um, and then he tried to re- he tried to go and appeal it to the state board of education. Eric, we're going to talk about this in later shows, but he was such a disaster as a teacher. Um, he started to fail 75% of his of his classes, and when you fail 75% of your high school classes, Eric, it's not the students; it's the teacher. <laughs> yeah, it's like something is has has run amiss here, and it, it needs to be dealt with. Anyway, so I've taken on Stauffer. Um, very nasty man, and uh, there's, he's not going to win, and he knows that. So it, he's, there's just too many former students and colleagues that can't stand him. Anyway, the other night, the Washington County Teachers Union set up this where they have this – they met with union reps, and then they invited candidates to come and talk to them. So I, I get – I start getting text messages from people inside of the room, Eric – and what they don't realize is they they are so silly, they're so goofy, and that people give me. I have so many inside sources that I've developed inside of the school system among teachers, union members. They feed me stuff all the time, Eric. It's 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 wonderful because I I I know what's going on inside of the union. The union is a disaster. Their leadership is failing, crumbling. They they don't know how to negotiate. So. Stauffer and Williams, Melissa Williams, who's running for re-election, they go to this union thing the other night. I think it was on, was either on Tuesday, Wednesday, or night. I, I can't remember the exact night. So Stauffer gets up and starts talking about me, and he puts out this sort of uh, like this mafia hit on me. And it, and I'm saying this in a little bit of hyperbole and exaggeration, but he said we have to sh- the board of education, and we all have to shut Ryan Miner down. Like it was sort of this indirect mafia hit. That he's putting out on me, like he's he's getting out the well, word to to shut me down. Well, here's the question, okay? Because when I saw this, my first thought was, so is this like putting out a hit, like the bar in Deadpool, or is this more like John Wick, where you have to have the gold coins to pay for for all your stuff? Like I wasn't uh, I wasn't too clear what sort of uh, you know assassins you're dealing with. It's like no country for old men. That's the kind of assassins. Uh, okay. <laughs> it, 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 I don't know. I just don't know what he meant by we got to shut him down. I mean, I have a right to speak. Uh, I have a right to my opinion. If um, you know, if my opinion upsets you, then um, I'm glad to section off a, um, a space at the 50-yard line of Williamsport High School's athletic field where we can uh, get you a free speech zone and a you know a hurt feeling zone. Um, but 
Stan, I'm not going to stop talking. I'm not going to stop talking about what kind of teacher you were. I'm not going to stop talking about how nasty you were to students, how many lives you made miserable. And this is the kind of example that you – you know, you see these former teachers running for office that have no business being on an elected school board because they have a one-track mind. They are pissed off at the school system. They are somehow pissed off at the administration, and then you know what they do? They run for the school system because then they have a little bit of power under their fingertips, and they say, oh, now we can really – you know, once we get in there, everything's going to be different. We'll show that Wilcox. We'll show those sons of a bitches in the administration, and we're going to do this. And it's like, no, you're not going to do anything because – yeah, there's checks and balances, and the balance is the voters see right through it. And I wasn't perfect when I ran. That's true. I mean the voters rejected me, and that's fine. I understand. So um, when you put out a hit on someone like me, uh, then you've got a problem. You're, you're focusing on the wrong things. You're not focusing on talking about policy. You're not talking about the issues that actually matter in school board races like budgets, about teachers. You're talking about a blogger and expending your efforts to worry about what I have to say. Stan, here's a suggestion. Don't listen to me. Don't worry about me. Or, or here's a better one, like just do your damn job. No, <laughs> like if I, he all, wants if, the if, job. If these three started, if these three started like doing their job and doing it well, then – the only thing we could say is, holy crap, they started doing their job and they started doing it well. So there'd be well, nothing to complain about. Stan, Stan Stauffer is very good friends with Karen Harshman and Mike Gesford. In fact, Stan Stauffer believes Mike Gesford is like this brilliant political mind in Washington County, and he, and he, and he talks about him. And it's interesting because he really he really looks up to Mike, even though Mike's a bit younger than he is. But he really looks up to Mike. He thinks he has this amazing political intuition. Uh, sh- sure, why not? I mean, I bet yeah. he's, I guess he's a good teacher too. Yeah. So, um, they also have this this issue with the union and. <laughs> The, the the Washington County Teachers Union and you know like how they in Frederick County they they want to uh they they desperately want to defeat candidates like Cindy Rose and we love Cindy Rose. And yes, so, there's, there's no shame yeah, in that union, game, Cindy Rose. That's right. And they had this radicalized union. Um and then I won't tell you how I received this, but a a, a teacher had sent me an email sent by Neil Becker who's the president of the Washington County Teachers Association. And recently, a few ag teachers um, sort of are getting fed up with the union like many other teachers are. Because look, Eric, the union in Washington County, this association, they're member-driven. So their their dues come out of their paychecks. So when they lose members, the union starts to fret. They start to worry, and they just don't have any you know when they start losing money they're thinking oh no what are we going to do why are why are these teaching teachers dropping like flies um and so neil becker sent this long email that was almost sort of interesting and 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 kind of harassing to this teacher that dropped out of the union right and uh <laughs> yeah He's talking about like candidate recommendations, and he said WCTA did not ask the candidates questions specific to any subject area. Their written responses are available in the WCTA office, but we have agreed not to post them online for both, for both recommended and not recommended. To be blunt, of the nine-person committee, only two candidates received a unanimous vote 
and that vote was not to be re- not to recommend. One very agricultural friendly candidate, Donna Brightman, is on record telling association leaders that they should teach their members how to be better better managers when she was discussing the fact that 10-month ESP employees lose a week of pay over a plus-long spring break. Just this week, she suggested that WCPS look to charter schools for ways to improve. I certainly do not think a public school system with 22,000 students should be looking to charter schools for help, um, like, which this is what they do. They are so anti-educational choice. They always demonize anything that does not fall under the purview of union-driven education. So he goes on in this tediously long email to say because they completely botched their negotiations, the union, Eric, up there. I mean this guy, he is uh, – he just does not know how to negotiate. He's not – he doesn't have the intellectual capacity to understand how to work within negotiations. Um, See, and obviously, so he writes look, this, this is, look, Ryan, this is what we should think about doing, okay? We should make a, we should make the uh, the Washington County Teachers Association Part Two, and form it, and yeah. see how many teachers we can recruit to join the new you know pro parent pro student union, and uh, just to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I mean, and and there's this there's a really radical uh, contingent of the teachers association, so. He goes – Becker, the, the president of the Washington County Teachers Association, goes on to write um, – he says oh, – this is what he writes. He goes on in this long email. No professional organization is going to offer the collective bargaining, the local representation and advocacy and the liability protection that membership in WCTA, MSEA, and NEA offers members, though it is not the primary reason – but in this litigious society, I would not work without the legal support the association offers. Again, to be blunt, you and your students work with power tools, walk throughout the property, run heavy equipment, and travel throughout the county. It is a legal and liability parachute that I hope I and any teacher never have to use. Um, yawn. Same old, same old union I mean, all, all that they all that they're missing are the uh, the strong men showing up at the door and uh, you know breaking a vase when they come into your house. Yeah, that's the only it's thing true. That they're missing. And I mean, then they, so, they could be the, the dock workers union at this point. So then Becker's email that you know that that he sent to like uh, several teachers that dropped out of the union this year because they know how bad it is. Uh, yeah, he goes on to you know basically he offers this kind of half-hearted apology because. He knew the email that he sent was so full of douchebaggery, um, and people were just like <laughs> – got to tell you, Eric, the stories that I hear from union members, and they tell me this stuff, and they tell – I can't print it. I want to print it so badly, but that would break ethical – and I don't want to be Mike Gastrid. It would break oh. the ethics. Yeah. So they tell me these stories, and they just say all the time, Ryan, you wouldn't believe how incompetent the union leadership is. Uh, they have no sense of negotiation. It's their way or the highway. Uh, they 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 constantly are begging people to join the union. And Eric, I have called. I have asked them, Neil Beckard, to come on this show. And he constantly, passively, aggressively writes about me in the newspaper. He won't mention me by name, but he calls me like a, a detractor. 
I ask him to come on the show and talk about it, right? And and let's have the debate. Tell me where I'm wrong. Right, right, right. Did they call you? Did he call you a, a anonymous Maryland blogger? Is that how he phrased? And he was passively aggressively oh, mentioning that... you. Oh well, I don't well, know exactly the term that he used. Yeah, they do. Oh, and uh, yeah, anonymous Maryland blogger. That's funny. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, Neil Becker. I've asked him to come on, and I'm seriously, I, I, I am, I am equipped with uh, the facts, and I would love to have a serious discussion. It would be, it would be a very pleasant discussion. But Neil Becker, uh, we have some history that goes back. Um, he, he's a he's a shady guy, and this is not a guy that would accept the invitation to appear on a show like this for whatever reason. We would, Eric, we've always treated our guests with respect, and um, you know, we don't get in shouting matches on this. That's not where we're interested in talking about issues, and we're, we're interested to understand each other's perspective. Um, I wish Neil Becker were listening because I would tell him to call 646-716-5971, and he can tell me whether I'm wrong or not. But, Eric, this guy plays a great game of Duck, Duck, Goose. He never shows up to the show. He just he won't show up. That's fine. I mean, we're, he he mentions me so often, but then when he has an opportunity to confront me in a very non-threatening way, you know, he's on a telephone and I'm on a on the other end and you know, 60, 60 miles away, then it's just uh, it, it would be to his benefit. It's funny, but um, I, I don't know. He might file a restraining order against you for doing that. He might he might file a restraining order. Um, that's 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 how it works. Um, so, Eric, let's move on. Um, boy, that was yeah, we, fun. We, we, I wish Washington, these people. Washington County is just, like I said, it's just a mess. We could talk about this for like the next twelve shows about all the, mm-hmm. the craziness up there. So, yeah, and don't get me wrong, it ain't, it ain't just you guys. We got we got crazy down here in Frederick County too. So, Eric, you're familiar with what's going on in Frederick as far as there's. Um, I reached out recently. Cindy Rose and I have talked about. Uh, are you familiar with a county councilman, Jessica Fitzwater? Yes, yes, I am. Okay, okay. Um, and there's an issue going on whether she's a county councilwoman. She's also a teacher in Montgomery, and I don't really know anything about her. But I, I, I want to kind of find out what's happening. Um, but, but I, my understanding is that she's on leave from the school system. But she's still showing up for her county council duties. Are you familiar with this story, Eric? I've 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 seen some of the stuff. I've I've chatted with Cindy Rose again. She lives literally. She lives like two miles down the road from me. So it ain't like you know. I yeah. I, I never see her or anything. Um, no, I mean it's it's interesting. I I think you what's know, your this take? Is, this is one of those things. So I think number one. I mean, I there's been a there's this really weird thing that in Frederick County, and I don't understand it, but there are a lot of people who get elected to part-time elected office, and then they quit their day jobs so that they can do their part-time elected office job as a full-time job. Okay, that's your choice. You can go ahead and do it, all right? But don't try to use it like as ta- flouting it as some sort of like, you know, like, oh, I'm better for this office because I this is the only thing that I do. Like, no, the reality is, is that you can quit that job because either A, you retired or B, you have somebody else that is working hard to pay your bills because a part time elected office does not pay the mortgage. And so it has nothing to do with your abilities as a politician. All it has to do, it just means that you married somebody that has a well-paying job. 
Okay, that's generally yeah. what it means. Um, but uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know. This is this is one of those issues where I I I'm not sure. It's it's hard to verify this sort of stuff. Like I'd really I, I would like to know. Like if is is Councilwoman Fitzwater is she you know is she claiming that she is not you know for for some medical or personal reason unable to fulfill her job as a teacher yet she's able to fulfill her job as a county councilwoman. Um, you know maybe you know and and, and this is what does this, okay this is what makes less sense about it to me as well. All right, county council is a partisan position. If for some reason a seat gets vacated by the county council, that means that the central committee of the political party of the person that's elected will appoint the replacement. Okay, so if for some reason Councilwoman Fitzwater was unable to perform her duties, then the Democratic Central Committee of Frederick County would appoint another Democrat into that seat. And think about it. Right. They don't have to run for election. They could literally appoint like a Jamie Raskin socialist. Okay, like, you know, they could they could find another candidate endorsed by the Communist Party of the U.S. and they could stick him into that seat. And there's nothing anybody could do about it because that's how it works. That's what the central committees are for. So, like, if she was unable to work, I if she was if she wasn't working and she wasn't, you know, something's going on in her own life, it's her life. I don't care what it is. All right. Then there's no logical reason for her to try to stick it out and still be on the county council because they're. Her leaving would not change the balance of power in Frederick County in any way, shape, or form. So it's like well, I, I don't know what the hell is going on. Well, and this is and, – and I have no beef or issue with Councilwoman Fitzwater. I um, – you know, the reason why we split the show up in different counties and you, know, you, you are very exclusive to Frederick County. I mean if, if, if we I, – I report on the issues, but – uh, I, I have really no interaction with the councilwoman. Now, I did reach out to her, and we're going to try to to sort of better understand this. But I know that – look, Jessica Fitzwater, she's a music teacher at Oakdale Elementary School. Uh, you know, her, her name still appears on the website, and uh, she's also a Frederick County councilwoman. She was elected in 2014 when uh, the, the recent charter, when it switched over from county – governance to uh to charter uh and then what is she district two eric i'm not i'm not she's i'm not district, sure she's district four so it's a section oh, of the district city four. and kind of out out towards lake linganore i believe like that that little area there um it's a unique it's a it's a unique area of the the how the district was written not to, it, it, it right. luckily it wasn't like ridiculously gerrymandered or anything but it is a safe democrat seat okay Good chunks of right. people that vote live so, inside of Frederick City, and so, but yeah, I mean, and 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 that's the thing. She, honestly, she's it's not like she's a bad person. Okay, she, I'm not going to no. like sit here and say that she, she she doesn't wake up in the morning and kick puppies in her backyard. Okay, that'd be absurd. She doesn't I don't do know that. Okay, she's not a she's not a bad person. Okay, this is just you know yeah. this there is but there is a legitimate question here. It's like if she's not capable of being a teacher, then then is there something going on that would make her not capable of being a councilwoman? And I'd really like to know. I mean, and if I hope she just that, decided I'm not going to be a teacher anymore, that's cool too. Sure. I, look, and this is not a partisan. There's no political attack. There's no underlying agenda. It's 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 a public issue that I think should be discussed in a public way. And I I can promise you, uh, Eric, and and just a disclaimer that we're not. This is not a, an attack. This is a legitimate question. Um, yeah. You know, is she on sabbatical leave? Um, yeah. I know that. 
I, my understanding is that she's a new mother, um, which is great. Uh, but if you know, what's what, how is this come into play with her responsibilities uh, as an educator? And Eric, here's a here's a better question that I think I that that more so addresses an overarching position. How are teachers able to serve on the county council and still be teachers? But when they vote on the oh budget? my god. Oh my God, that's like that's been like the talk of the town for like two years now. Okay, but seriously, it's, how is that possible? It's 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 stupid, is what it is. It is completely stupid. Okay, what we have in Frederick County is one of the most egregious cases of intellectual dishonesty that you could possibly imagine. Okay, there are large contingents of people in this county that have sat here and said, you know, uh, Councilman Kirby DeLauder should not be able to bid. On county contracts, as you know, his company should not be able to bid on county contracts when the council doesn't, uh, they don't approve the winners of contracts. Okay, that is for the county executive, and the county executive staff does that. So, two degrees of separation. The same people that say he should not be able to bid on county contracts are the same ones that say, oh, well, you know, the county council. Does it, you know, they only fund the Board of Ed and then the Board of Ed decides basically how much teachers get paid. So there's enough separation there. There's two degrees of separation in that instance that well, make it okay discretion for over the budget. Yes, they do. It is, it is absurd. Now, here's the thing I'm in the group that says that both of them should be able to do it. Okay, I have no problem. Mm -hmm. I'm in the group that says Councilman DeLauder's company should be able to bid on county contracts because he, as a council member, can't do anything to make himself favorited in the, you know, in the negotiations, okay, in the bidding process, all right? Just like Councilwoman Fitzwater cannot influence how much more teachers get paid. We actually have two teachers on the county council. It's not just Councilwoman Fitzwater. It's also Councilwoman Donald, who represents District 1, which is actually where I live. It covers Brunswick, Point of Rocks, um, kind of like this, the southwestern part of the county. And so... You know, again, I think, but I think both of them, I think both categories should be able to do what it is that they're doing. The problem is, is that we have a bunch of people who are just being intellectually dishonest. What they're using it for is they're using it for politics. They're trying to, what they're trying to really do is Councilman Donald and Councilman Fitzwater are both Democrats. What they would love to do is nix those two Democrat votes because then now they'll have a Republican majority that can vote on the budget. And so then the Republican mm -hmm. budget will be able to be put through. That's what's really going on here. And so, you know, this is this is this is the reason why I remember a couple of months ago, I told you don't go to charter government no matter what you do in Washington County, because it's a mess. This is why. Well, I don't this is exactly why it's stuff like this that that make it uh, that make it that create so many issues for for that would be a great discussion. About the, the merits no of discussion. charter. It's bad. Uh, well, I, 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 I disagree a bit because I do support that. Uh, I guess the necessary bypassing of Annapolis to pass your own local laws, but I can see where there's there's issues. I I actually do support some elements of charter of charter government, but um, that's a we should have that discussion. I know that a lot of this is still an ongoing debate in counties whether charter home rule is good, commissioner form of government is good. Um, I guess it all depends. Uh, they tried it three yeah. times in Washington County and it failed. Yeah, I mean, and well, and they, yeah, they they passed it up here, and and here, and th again, this is this is part of the the problem in politics. Is, is there's there's an, there's the ego aspect to it. Okay, Frederick County wrote their charter 
because Frederick County assumed that a Republican would be nominated, would be elected as the county executive. Now, if you remember, um, it was our current county executive, Jan Gardner, is a Democrat, and she ran against Blaine Young, a Republican. And we all know what's happened to Blaine Young since, and I'm not going to say it again. But basically, these, you know, exactly who cares? Number one, it should be what he did should be legalized and taxed just like it is in the state of Nevada. And then all the problems would be solved and nobody would give a shit. Okay, it's how they do it in Europe. It's how they do it in the democratic socialist countries. Okay, you know, right. Mm -hmm. Did I ever tell you that my story about that? I have a funny story about that. So no, tell you remember my last job. I, I used to work in an anti-fraud, okay, my last job. So mm -hmm. what I would do is I would shut down, like, basically fraudulent websites, you know, like the fake ones, fake PayPal sites. Um, that, was, that was what I did is I'd find out, you know, talk to the site owner, try to get them to delete the, the fake PayPal site on there, you know, to protect customer data. So I came across mm -hmm. one. And the website, I believe it was called, like, the Erotic Wharf Massage was what the website was. It was something like that, okay? And I, so I looked at the website. I was like, what the hell? Like, you know, in, in a job like this, we're dealing with fraud, okay? You come across some very interesting websites. I'll just say it like that. Like, there's, you, 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 <laughs> you, you operate on the, on the seedy underbelly of the internet. So it's kind of like a lot of times you end up walking into the red light district, right? So I called them, okay, because I found the site owner information, and I called them, okay? And a charming British lady answers the phone and says, hi, would you like an appointment? And then goes into a little bit of detail about the services that they offered. And I was like, I was so shocked. And I said, I just, I couldn't respond for a minute. I was like, no, um, that's not why I'm calling. Um, and I had to explain the whole concept of these fraudulent websites and everything. So then that got me really curious. So I actually had to go look it up. Apparently, pretty much all throughout Europe, some form of prostitution is legal all throughout Europe. You know, like in England, it's weird. Like you can, you can't ask, you can't offer to pay somebody for a, uh, for coitus um, if you're outside, but if you're inside a building, you can ask them. So like literally mm. like you could be sitting inside of like a, a, a Walmart. And if you say, Hey, I'll give you a hundred dollars for coitus. And then that's legal. But if you step outside coitus. the door and you ask the same thing, what is coitus? What the hell is, you've never watched Big Bang Theory? Coitus? Coitus. No, I hate that's that. That's what I, Oh God, it's, it's amazing! I can't believe you. I hate you now. <laughs> no, um, in in Big Bang Theory, uh, uh, Sheldon calls uh, um, adult uh, intercourse. He calls it coitus, and so it's just a nice, mm. a snarky way of saying sex. Oh. Um, but uh, so that's my funny story. And so then, so then because yeah. I was smart, and I then we started looking around and realized that in all of Europe, this stuff it's legalized, it's regulated, and it is uh, you know taxed when people do it. You know, people, they get the equivalent of W-2s uh, at the end of the year for their earnings and they pay taxes. They pay, mm. you know, and so like it's a very uh, it's a very different way of dealing with it. So <laughs> that's how I went from shutting down fish to uh, researching laws on prostitution in, in the continent of Europe. We should get some we should get some Nevadan prostitutes to come on and talk about the industry. I would love to do a show like that. <laughs> Seriously, that would be fun. I, I, that would be very um, interesting. It would be a but minor. I think they. Uh, well, right, they charge by the hour, so that could get really expensive. Yeah, but I understand, but that would be great promotional and marketing. You know, a minor detail, host some prostitutes, and to talk about po public policy. I mean, come on, that would who who would not? I guarantee you, people would listen to that show. I would ask them I, the, the weirdest question. 
I just I could I, I, would, I don't I know if I could keep a straight face throughout the whole, I would I would not yeah. stop laughing because there would just be too much. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that that's my story on how that's I I, I learned all of that stuff. And you know, really, that's kind of all I right. think that's about the time when I started thinking about libertarianism. So, well, speaking kind of, of that, I want to talk about I want to talk about Ami Hover. Uh, she they she's had an oh, interesting yeah. week. It was a good it was a good week, um, and I think that. Her her opponent is is running a little bit scared because he's done two things that suggest that he's considerably concerned about uh, Ms. Hober. And you know, in full disclosure, uh, I'm 100% supporting Ami Hober. She's a great candidate. Uh, she has the resume. She has the gusto, and she's done a lot of important things in her career that have prepared her to be a United States Congressperson. So. Her her opponent John Delaney. Just, I think I think Delaney is a terrible congressman. So well, any, you know, anybody that, but him. Okay. Yeah, I don't think he's a terrible. Con- I just don't think that he is. Ami's experience in this it clearly overshadows uh, Delaney's nursing home rating. I mean, the the, the raider of the lost ark of the nursing home. Um, and and we're going <laughs> to oh talk God, more. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we got to make a meme. So maybe Karen Harshman, if you're listening, Karen, you could draft up a meme now and then share it. Um, mm. <laughs> anyway, so this week um, Delaney comes out with an, a couple of different attacks against Hober. He files this FEC complaint against Ami for um, basically accusing um, of the, her husband, uh, who's funding the Super PAC at Maryland USA. That they're colluding with the campaign, and I have the uh, the complaint. It's long. It is it is difficult to to read, but the gist of it is is that he's saying that the super PAC and the campaign are colluding with one another. Uh, he's filed this thing before the FEC, and this is a serious charge. Wouldn't you? I mean, wouldn't you agree, Eric? Would you? Would, oh, I mean, what's your take? Yeah, this is. Basically, I mean, really, what uh, what Delaney is accusing um, uh, Ami Hober of is basically violating like, campaign, every finance, campaign finance yeah. law you can possibly imagine. Yeah, yeah, um, and so you know, basically, she's involving that Epstein's involved. Her husband, Mark Epstein, his involvement with Maryland USA violates the rules. On coordination, um, so it's I have the um, I have the the form in front of me, but he wrote this letter and it was filed September 21st last week. Complaint, Mr. John K. Delaney and friends of John Delaney by and through Mr. Delaney as the candidate filed the complaint under blah 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 against Ms. Hober, Mr. Mark Epstein and Joel Ritter, treasurer for Ami Hober for Congress and Chris Martin, treasurer for violating the federal. Elections Act of 1971 has amended. The complaint arises from flagrant violations of core campaign requirements, blah, blah, blah. The alleged violations of the Act and FEC regulations have caused significant harm to complainants. Um, so he, he kind of lists the facts that the official website for Maryland USA is Maryland USA PAC. The website homage features content exclusively in support for Ms. Hober, which is not illegal at all. People create super PACs, Eric. To, to exclusively support one candidate. I mean, this is this is not. Sci- doesn't Hil- is not out Wait, of- doesn't Hillary Clinton have a super PAC just supporting her? Yeah, and 
And so he says, Mr. Epstein is also contributing. And isn't John Delaney one of the main financers for Hillary Clinton? So, like, he's accusing Ami Hober of doing something that he's doing for Hillary Clinton. Right. Right. So (laughs) this complaint – the argument is is that Ami Hober for Congress accepted in-kind contributions in the form of coordinated communications and that these contributions exceed contribution limits and have violated this – this, the FEC Act. And in addition, the complaint goes on to read, Maryland USA clearly republished Ami Hober for Congress campaign materials, resulting in an excessive contribution in excess of the act's limits. And Ami Hober issued a response to that. And I'm just going to find that. Let's see. Uh, basically, here, let me find it. Yeah. Ah, here we go. They, My email. You pretty much just said, Ami like, said Delaney, if, you're desperate. Go home. <laughs> yeah, she said – basically, uh, in non-PC terms, she said this is bullshit, um, and these claims are completely fraudulent. Our campaign activities have been vetted by one of the best political attorneys in the country. This is a desperate act by a desperate man. It shows that John Delaney is clearly worried. He can't defend his record, so he depends on making, making baseless attacks. John Delaney is just trying to distract voters from issues. Unlike John Delaney, I'm going to keep meeting voters and run an issues-based campaign. So you know, that there, was her there's response. There's one part of this. There's one part of this, Ryan, of the complaint that I think needs to be highlighted because I find it a an interesting phrasing that a you know our our congressman decided to use. Um, in one of the sections here, he said, um, you know, blah blah blah. Mr. Epstein was indisputably an agent of both Miss Hober, and then in parentheses, as her spouse, and Ami Hober for Congress, in parentheses, as assistant mm-hmm. treasurer. So I find it interesting. Okay, essentially what he's saying is, is that because he's married to Miss Hober, that she that he right. is somehow like an like an an agent for her. Okay, agent has a different connotation than like supporter. Okay, yeah. right, like, legally because this. this yeah, this this happens. Let, let's face it, this happens all the time. Like whenever I write a check to a candidate, all right, because me and my wife's name is on the check, then they they split the deduction in half and say that I gave you know ten bucks and my wife gave ten dollars. Okay, that's what they do. Okay, because they treat you. You know, when you have a check together as one, that's that's how they treat it. But like to basically say that because you're married, like you can't give money to a super PAC. Supporting, you know, your spouse. I, I, it just seems like a stretch to me. I mean, and th- we we could go on for days about super PACs and campaign finance laws and and whether or not you agree with them. But the reality is, is right now super PACs are legal, and they don't have to disclose their donors. Okay, so now we're kind of in the situation like, I, I if if Delaney thinks this is the only person that's done this then he's sorely mistaken. I'd love to see how much money Bill Clinton gave to the super PAC supporting Hillary Clinton, because I guarantee that he has. Okay. Everyone does. You know, when people, when candidates are, you know, if you, if you go look at any FEC report for any candidate, you'll see that the candidate's spouse maxed out their donations to their, to their, to their spouse, to the campaign. That's like standard operating procedure these days. Okay, that's how people do it. Okay, because you know campaign finance law is so obtuse, it's so bulky, it's so complicated. Okay, for and you can say 
and I'm not I notice I, none of those words are have a negative connotation. Okay, you could make an argument that all these regulations actually do help the electoral process to prevent people from buying elections. Okay, but quite frankly, the third richest member of Congress has no room to complain about somebody else using these laws to finance a campaign against him because he did the same damn thing. You know, two weeks before the election in 2014, he gave a million dollars to his own campaign. You know, to run a of bunch course. of smear ads. Okay, like that's that's how this works. Okay, in all reality, well, you know, like yeah. So I think this is right. What this is, I I think Ami was right when she said this is a desperate act by a desperate man. Okay, especially the timing. Okay, because something like this. Okay, let's put on your political strategy hat for a moment. Okay. Of course, this is something this was, like this. Yeah, this was definitely timed. Yeah, well, but it was timed, and it was timed terribly. Okay, and I, I'll tell you exactly why. All right, because it's already come out, I have no problem giving free advice to the Delaney campaign. All right, so number one, the thing is, is with how far out from the election this is, the reality is, is this complaint's going nowhere. The FEC is going to find that there is nothing wrong. Okay, because right. that's just how our campaign finance law is written, for better or worse. Okay, FEC is going to ignore it. However, the story is in the headline, okay, that by releasing this so early in the campaign, there will be enough time for the FEC to investigate and find that there's nothing, that there's nothing wrong and they're not going to levy any sanctions. If they do that, now, the, now then that gives Ami Hober ammunition to say, look, you know, this guy's throwing a tantrum on the sidelines because, you know, oh, no, somebody's actually spending money to try to beat me. Okay, that can be turned around in a heartbeat. If I was on the Delaney campaign, I would have released this two weeks before the election, gotten the headlines, gotten the press, gotten the information out there, and not given the FEC enough time to respond. Okay, And then the headline drives the narrative. All right? That's what a good political strategist would have done. They would have waited. Because then they don't have any time to respond. I would have stuck that on a mailer. You know, hey, I'm John Delaney. You know, I can, I can, I could send gold letters to everybody if I wanted to. I'd stick that on a mailer, send it to every, you know, all 400,000 houses in the district or whatever it is. Okay, and boom, done. I win the election. But they completely messed up, and it's probably because they're just so delusional that they actually think the FEC is going to find that there is a violation. The thing is, is that they're not. Okay, you can't prove, you know, correlation does not equal causation. Okay, apparently these guys never read Freakonomics. So that's where I, th- hmm. that's where I think this is going. Okay, total, complete misstep, a complete mistake, and I think the Lenin is going to pay for it in November. Well, we'll find out, but you mentioned earlier a the phrase desperate attack, and Ami said the same thing, and – Delaney recently put out an attack ad uh, juxtaposing himself against Hober, and he calls her – it was interesting. He calls her uh, a Tea Party extremist, which is laughable because it's <laughs> the exact opposite. But, I mean uh, you know, say what you want about the right, Tea Party, right. and everybody that's, has a different mm-hmm. – Right, that, but that's, so, that's Delaney's mean, playbook. Okay, Delaney did the same thing against Dan Bongino in 2014. Tea Party extremists endorsed by Sarah Palin, blah, blah, blah. Whether it's true or not, doesn't matter. Okay? But so literally, Delaney is just recycling the exact same campaign from 2014. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, anybody that disagrees with John is apparently a Tea Party extremist. I mean, you and I, we would be what? Tea Party extremists? I mean, you, we can have a different interpretation yep, yep. of the Tea Party. 
Eric. Everybody does, and I have my own. You have yours. I mean, I originally think that it was a a group of people in 2010 who were pissed off about being for about taxation, and it's true because taxation is Eric theft. Taxation is always theft. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. So we, 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 yeah. This, let's. But to be fair, yes, the Tea Party has been hijacked. It was about the size of government, and then it turned into like some, you know, theocratic nonsense. You know, you know, Obama's a Muslim crap. Like that is what happened over the years. So let's just be fair. Silly. But like to 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 like, there's many things that you could say about Ami Hover, but I don't think that calling her Tea Party is one of them. Okay. You could no. say that. Yeah. She. You could say that she worked in the military industrial complex her whole career. Okay, that would, that's fair because she did. Whatever your opinion of it may be, all right. You know, she and so that would be a fair criticism. At least it'd be accurate for crying out loud. Okay, what the lady's doing is just like you know, he's throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. Um. Yeah, and then he calls her. Basically, says that she would defund Planned Parenthood, and she argued. Uh. Yeah. It was like this attack that she argued for an increase in chemical weapons. Um, and I'm just reading the Baltimore Sun article written by reporter John uh, Fritzi. Uh, and he says Delaney, Delaney's ad claims Hober is an extreme Tea Party partisan and the last thing Washington needs. To support the assertion, his campaign points to a Tea Party scholarship dinner Hover attended in May and remarks she made during a debate that she wants to reduce the size of the departments of agriculture and education. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I that's not I, even Eric. Tea I want to. Uh, no, that's mainstream, and that's right. Uh, Fritzi goes on to write: Delaney may not agree with these positions, but reducing the size of federal agencies is hardly a fringe issue for the GOP. Many Republicans have called for eliminating the education department entirely, which I support because, as Ami Hober said today at a candidate forum, that she supports local control, state control. And then Fritzi goes on to write, Hober was criticized by some Republicans during the GOP primary this year for not being conservative enough. Remember that, Eric? We called those Republicans yeah, out. Yeah, and like literally for, for weeks it was, oh, she's a rhino. She's not conservative enough. That's and see that that's why this attack falls so flat. It's like oh, yeah. you're not even attacking her on the right issues. I mean, okay, you can't attack her on abortion because she already said she doesn't care. All right. As far as defunding Planned right. Parenthood, the thing is, is that quite honestly, most people don't like corporate welfare. Okay. Right. So I think it, it, if you say defund Planned Parenthood, that's one thing. Now, if you turn around and say, I don't believe in corporate welfare, I don't think that taxpayer dollars should go to support private corporations, then everybody says, yeah, stick it to the corporations. Well, Planned Parenthood is a corporation. Oh, oops. Okay. Like, <laughs> you know, you're using a Bernie Sanders talking point against the liberal. It's great. But so, like, I mean, it's absurd. Again, this is, I mean, Delaney must be really desperate. Okay. What I'm interested yeah, in seeing is how many much more TV ads show up on my screen. Like before, you know, well, in the next uh, yeah, the next little while. So then, um, Fritzi goes on the right in the same article. In what is perhaps the only new criticism leveled by either ad, Delaney then accuses Hober, a former deputy undersecretary of the Army, of fighting for a global increase of chemical weapons. The campaign points. Are you ready for this, Eric? The campaign points to a 36-year-old quote Hober gave to, to PBS, in which she advocated. 
building up chemical weapon stockpiles as a deterrent against the Soviet Union. Okay, so yeah. in 1980, when we were practicing the policy of mutually assured destruction, she advocated that we shouldn't just use nukes. We should also use sarin nerve gas. <laughs> like, uh, right, so I mean, while the Soviet Union was threatening here. us – yeah. While the Soviet Union was threatening us in a cold war that, thank God, never escalated, while we were, while we were supporting our own defense apparatus, Delaney picks and extrapolates a quote from 36 years ago, um, and, this is since, and this is the quote, since chemical weapons are used only against countries that lack the capability themselves, the spread of chemical weapons, in theory, will deter the use of such weapons. Hober told a reporter in another quote – this one from 1989, cited by the Delaney campaign. John, well, but you're desperate. It's the same thing with nukes. Yeah, it's the exact same thing with nuclear weapons as well. Okay, like we built up our nuclear stockpiles. What, we had enough to like incinerate the entire face of the earth like 10 times over. Okay, like so we did – that was our policy back then, and it worked. Let's Look at the yeah. results. It worked. So literally yeah, all she was we tore down. Was, we tore down a literal wall that separated East and West Germany. I mean, come on. I mean, that was part of the, the winning. I mean, we won the Cold War, um, and we can have a discussion about nuclear armament. But uh, uh, someone like Ami, who understands these issues, he worked at hand in hand at the Pentagon for the top brass at the time. Who, by the way, I should mention, all many of them have endorsed her. I believe it was fourteen generals. I think. Um, uh, how many military and, and still, personnel have endorsed Delaney? Anybody know? Uh, there's always a, there's always a token veteran. You can find a token veteran that will endorse any politician because you know the politician actually got their VA benefits approved, okay, and they finally went through. You know, as opposed to me, you know, like sitting around twiddling my thumbs for two years. Um, but uh, like, but no. So with uh, but yeah, it's just it's absurd because you know, and and the reality is, is, and I've I've talked to Ami about this before as well because around the time that I was had I joined the military and I was overseas, I know that she was actually working on basically destroying those chemical weapon stockpiles in Iraq. You know that everybody forgets actually existed. Like you know, mm -hmm. it was it was hilarious. I think what is it? I think it was about a year and a half ago. The New York Times has a front page article about how all these troops that were exposed to mustard gas can't get VA benefits, like, and they were in Iraq. And this is the same newspaper that said there was no weapons of mass destruction. Like, well, mustard gas is a weapon of mass destruction. Okay, but if I know, I've talked to if Ami's listening, Ami was. I wish Ami would go ahead. I'm sorry. No, Ami needs to be campaigning. Doesn't need to listen to our. <laughs> she doesn't even listen to us rambling on here, but uh, no, but no, she's, she's, yeah, she's I, I, I wanted to, I wanted I to call her about it. I wanted to call her. Yeah. No, I know. Like, I was right, I wanted to call her in because. Yeah. I just wanted I, to call her because her I want totally to hear absurd. her perspective on. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, this is yeah, Delaney. I don't. I mean, you got to remember, okay, with again. You have to think – I mean it's kind of like – it would be kind of like saying um, – what's a good example? Oh, we need to increase this it, – it, take some random quote that Ami Hover had said. It said, oh, we need to increase the size of the military. Okay, we need to double the size of the army. All right? Well, that doesn't mean anything if you don't have any context for it. Okay? If you said we need to double the size of the military in 1938, then you'd probably be a really mm -hmm. smart person. All right? 
and nobody would disagree with that. But when you take it out of context, okay, what if they're talking about right now? Right now, in all reality, we don't need to double the size of the military. Our military's you could it, we need it needs to be just a little bit bigger, but we're pretty much we're pretty much there. Okay, so this is the same thing. You take a, I mean, you can take any quote from 1989 and then try to apply it today, and it doesn't work very well. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean that that that's what it comes down. To. I mean, and I didn't think that this campaign would get. It, it, it feels like it escalated. I kind of feel like, uh, um, you know, <laughs> I kind of feel like Will Ferrell and Anchorman, like, well, that escalated quickly. It seems like just out of the starting gate, this whole sixth district, you know, election just took a, took a turn for the worse. I don't know what caused it. Maybe everybody just decided, Hey, you know, it's September. Let's go negative. I don't think that, I don't know if Delaney would debate her one-on-one. I think she would, I think she would really take him to the cleaners if they debated one-on-one. What they haven't scheduled I do. a one-on-one. I don't know. I think they have these forums, but it's just it's not. I don't know if it's like a traditional one-on-one debate. Yeah, because even I mean, we even had we actually I think I think we had one or two actual debate debates um, during in 2014. Maybe Delaney knows that. Honestly, Dan wrecked him in all those debates just because Dan sure. is a very charismatic person and he's great at talking issues and simpling them down for people to understand. And honestly, Delaney is kind of a Delaney is like the epitome of like, you know, lame dad. I mean, that that's what yeah. he is. He's like the guy you kind of look at you like, all right, really? <laughs> let's, let's keep moving. Uh, Delaney. Let's see. They had a forum today that I attended at the Benai Israel synagogue in, in North, uh, uh, North Bethesda. And Delaney was there, and the it was a, it was a really nice congregation. And John Delaney was there. Kathy Shalega actually sat at our table. Ami Hober was there. Um, I didn't see Van Hollen. Um, oh, hey, I didn't. Hey, I didn't actually Brian, see. Brian, I have I have breaking news. There will be a debate mm-hmm. between Delaney and Hober. The Frederick News Post will be hosting it. I don't know what day though. When did you find? But will uh, I have sources? Obviously. Well, of course. That's what we do. Uh, uh, debate, okay, and we will get to see, um, you know, lame dad versus, uh, you know, Ami Hover. So that should be entertaining. So today they had this forum, and it was pretty good. Uh, Ami had a great reception, and I would say there's probably about 100 people, and they served uh, delicious breakfast. And we sat I, – I sat with some uh, – made some new friends there. Kim and I had a great conversation with, with our table. And um, Ami did really well. I was really – I was impressed because uh, you never know how these things are going. But she has just such ease in front of people, and she is fearless. She walks up to anybody. She's at – you know, when she goes to these rant, these various events throughout the district, I'm just so impressed. I, she's one of the best retail politicians I have seen. She kind of reminds me of Rick Perry when we were in New Hampshire – Back last year, we met Rick Perry on the campaign trail, and of course, Rick Perry is the former governor of the state of Texas, the longest-serving governor of the state of Texas, and Rick Perry was like dynamite on the campaign trail. Kim and I just loved him. He was, in fact, my second choice for president. really liked Rick, but he dropped out early. Anyway, um, Delaney had this icy reception, and they flat-out asked him about his vote on the Iran deal, and he stumbled over the question – and said, well, I, I know I still support this. I still support it. And um, Ami 
got a resounding applause when she said, absolutely not. I think it was a bad deal. And so then uh, he he was asked a question because they had a forum this past Monday at the Kentlands, and Delaney somehow equated the Syrian refugees uh, with Israeli refugees, and he claims he got up and, and the moderator asked him a question to talk about that, and he looks back. He's, oh, I didn't say that. I didn't say. And about five different members of the audience shouted out, and we have the video. I'm going to post it tomorrow. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And he's like, oh, I didn't say that. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so then he tries to <laughs> the lame dad. Oh yeah, dad. That's a lame dad response. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah, I didn't do that. Uh, but uh, Ami really got a positive reception today. From from the um, from this from the members of the synagogue, uh, the questions were well done, excellent format, and um, I, I had an opportunity to talk a little bit with Kathy Shalega, and I met a few of her staff members, and I, I feel I, I just I like Kathy a lot, and I think that it's going to be a tough race for her. I really do. I think it's going to be a tough race. Well, yeah, the, the, the any statewide election for Republicans always going to be hard. Okay, like. Hogan is the exception, not the rule. And a lot of people seem to forget that. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be a going to be an interesting 2018 election, but we'll have to get through this one first. Um, so I, I wanted to tell you, I, I, I've been getting some inside reports that there's some campaigning going on in Delaney's uh, congressional office that uh, people have said that they're. They're conducting campaign-related activities in his Gaithersburg and, and Hagerstown as well as um, sporadically in his D.C. office. So I'm investigating. I haven't fully uncovered all the juice, but I'm, I'm investigating the story. I mean, if, if well, it, you know, would Ryan, you believe it, Aaron? You know, Ryan, I – no, actually – well, first off, I would believe it. And second off, I didn't realize that because I happen to have a source that could get me definitive computer proof of any sort of campaign activity happening. You got to remember when no. you have your you have your .gov email address, okay? When you have when you're on a campaign, you use your you know, say for example, your John Delaney for Congress email address. So if there's campaign activity yeah. going on, all of that, all of those little congressional offices are within the um, House of Representatives network, okay? So I might have a source that can provide some of those logs which, of course, would be a direct violation of the Hatch Act and would be completely illegal. And uh, right. I would argue it'd be, it'd be 100, it, you know, that's... So if, if there is, we'll, uh, we'll see if there's anything there. Yeah, we, we're going we're gonna to keep digging in and try to get a better portrayal of the facts. And uh, I just, I want to make sure that we have all of our ducks in line before we go public with the story, I mean, with the, with the details of the story. But... That's that's what that's the gist of it right now. That that's what I can talk about. Uh, let's see. So the forum today. Oh, I went to a Hagerstown City Council forum. Eric, uh, fun fun, right? It was on this past Wednesday. Yeah, it was this past Wednesday, and seven seven people showed up, including uh, former Mayor Bob Brucci as well as the current Mayor Dave Geisberts, and it was at the Hagerstown the the downtown library. Uh, very poor showing, and and it was it was the same night that all this stuff was breaking with the police incident. But uh, the one candidate who didn't show up basically told 
because it was hosted by the Hagerstown Tea Party as well as the Washington County Republican Club, and they did a pretty good job. Jer- our, our buddy up there, Jerry DeWolf, was uh, he moderated the second half, and then uh, Donnie Ravis, who's the president of the Hagerstown Tea Party, he moderated the first half, and they I have to say they did a good job. I was I was impressed, and I wrote a, an article, and I have the video. You can find it on a minordetail.com. And one candidate, Don Munson, former state senator, current city councilman, said, well, I'm not going to show up to this forum because I can get more out of door knocking. Well, yeah, what are you going to be doing at 730 at night, Don? It's going to be dark. Uh, (laughs) The Tea Party, he's not a they're not a big fan of Don. So he ducked the debate and which I think was was sad. But they talked about some important issues, um, housing. um, They talked about a little bit of policing but you can find the debate on a minor detail and i just i'd encourage people to watch it like that's that's the important stuff let's get past this hagerstown police stuff and let's get into the issues because the city of hagerstown everybody bitches and complains about the city oh it's a mess this and that the leadership's poor but then nobody comes out to watch the forum to talk about issues that ultimately affect the lives of the city residents so that that always bothers me eric when people don't come out and vote yeah well, you're talking about the problem in so, every municipal election across the country, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, heck, I remember, you know, even even here in Brunswick, like during our candidate, you know, forum debates, whatever, whatever the hell you want to call them. I mean, we had a hundred people, and that was more than I, I remember in 2014. They had a county council debate um, here in Brunswick, and I think there's there's probably 20, 25 people there. Right for a city race, yeah. we had a hundred people. So you know, obviously something motivated everybody to come out. So hopefully, after this whole um, policing incident, maybe the people at Hagerstown will pay attention. You know, they can, and if they didn't make I it, they'll watch it on the web. Yeah, I hope. Yeah. So be, I mean, next? that's that's what we want. That's why we take those videos. Oh, we need to talk about I two seventy. Oh yeah, so. Uh, Another press conference was held earlier this week. Delaney's part of this group called John Delaney. It's called Fix I-270. It's just a bunch of local liberal politicians that um, finally decided to get together and talk about the the like the 300 million pound elephant in the room is how the hell are we going to fix the traffic problem that is the daily 270 commute? And so, what is John Delaney's solution? Uh, uh, tolls. I mean, it was like uh, uh, tolls. And I'm like, what? That because that worked out well in Northern Virginia tolls. Yeah, no tolls. But it, it, look, this group is the same. It's the same crap over again. It's tolls. It's bus lanes. Okay, like you know, add more bus routes. All right, all that kind of stuff. That's we keep trying that. It doesn't do anything. Okay, be and and look, this I'll tell you exactly why it doesn't work. It's simple. All right, if I I can get in my car here in Brunswick. I can get to Rockville in an hour, no matter what the traffic is, because I know the sneaky routes around 270. All right. Here's the problem. If I take public transit, my overall commute time increases. Whether I take the bus, whether I take the train, doesn't matter. All right. I can either drive for two hours or I can spend two and a half to three hours on a bus and a train. So the logical solution Mm -hmm. for most people is just drive because it saves time. If you want people to take mass transit, it needs to be equal to or faster than driving in a car. It's as simple as that. And none of the solutions that this group proposed 
will be, take less time than driving in a car. None. So therefore, people are not going to use the solutions. We'll have, a bu- we'll have more empty buses and empty bus lanes, and it's not going to do anything. It's not going to accomplish anything. You know, it's the mm, same story. Well. It, the, the, the example that I always use, Ryan, for public transit failure is in California in 2008, they approved a high-speed train to go between Los Angeles and San Francisco, all right? When the project started out, there was going to be 11 stops, and it was going to take you an hour and a half to go between L.A. and San Francisco. Okay, to put that in perspective, all right, it's about an hour in the air in an airplane to go between those two cities, driving seven, eight hours, okay, at least. Mm-hmm. So, they, so they proposed this high-speed train. And then once the politicians got a hold of it, it went from 11 stops to 47. Okay, so when you have a high-speed train, the more it stops, the slower it goes. So now with the 47 stops, because everybody wants to stop in their district, right? now that train ride is going to be more like six and a half hours. So now you've just eliminated the efficiency of that train ride. Okay, Now people are just going to drive anyways, or they're going to fly, because flying, you can get a plane ticket for 150 bucks. These train tickets going back and forth are going to be a lot more expensive than they sold it as. They're going to be more like $7,500, $100 per person. Okay, so the reality is, is that it's not going to be a viable solution for people. They had made that train. The theory was is that you could actually take a day trip between L.A. and San Francisco because it's so fast. You could have people that lived in the Central Valley two and a half, a two, you know, 150 miles away from you know, San Jose, and they could commute on the train in 45 minutes. That was the theory. But then politicians got a hold of it and messed it up. We'll see the same exact problems with every solution they're proposing for 270. Politicians get a hold of it. They're going to want to stop in Darnstown and Boyd and all these other places. And then the buses or the trains or whatever are going to be less efficient than driving, and people won't use them. Well, we know that the yeah, we could talk about widening, but we could talk about um, a, a whole host of remedies to fix this increasing infrastructure problem. This is what you do, right? This is exactly what you do. You put a light rail in the middle of 270. You have one stop at – you use Monocacy, all right, up behind the Home yeah. Depot in Frederick. That's where it starts. Then it stops in Germantown, right outside the Department of Energy. And then it stops in Rockville and then goes to Shady Grove, and that's it. That's the only stop you use. And then people will use it because they can get well, where they need that's to go. That's one inch. All right. All right. So what uh, – oh, big debate tomorrow night, Clinton, Trump. Uh, it's going to be the like the Super Bowl ratings apparently. People are going to tune in and watch. And, uh, you know, the Clinton camp's worried that Trump's going to be graded on a curve and Trump is worried – or you know, Trump's threatening to bring Jennifer Flowers to the debate while Mark Cuban <laughs> is going to be sitting up there tweeting at Trump while he's on the debate stage. So it's going to be it, – this is going to be such a spectacle. I'm not convinced that people are, are going to change any of their minds, but I think that this will be – this will be television gold. It's going to be huge ratings. I can't wait to watch it. I think I think it's going to be fun to see what happens. People are just going to tune in because – uh, you know, did they attack one another? How does Hillary do? Is she able to stand the whole time? <laughs> like, you know, is, she, is her health going to give out? Is Trump going to say something wacky? 
it, it's it's never about the actual substance, which I wish we would get to. But um, I don't know. What do you think, Eric? Is it going to be worth watching? Uh, well, I'm going to go watch it. I can tell you that. I'm heading out with the uh, Frederick County Young Republicans. We'll be at Jesse's house uh, uh, tuning into the debate. Um, if I had a Gary Johnson shirt, I would wear it just to annoy people. Um, <laughs> that'll be there. But no, I think I think it's going to be an absolute and utter shit show. Yeah, I do too. It's uh, I wouldn't that I wouldn't be surprised if. Uh, but you know what I have to say that I like Lester Holt. I think he's a good choice to moderate the debate. I do. I think it'll be fun. Uh, so I mean, and we're next week we're going to talk probably a, a lot about that debate. Well, um, there's going to be so many other local issues to pop up, but tomorrow night. Do you know what time it starts? Is it eight or, or I think it's nine thirty? I, I, um, our event starts at 8.30. It might start at 9. I think they usually start at 9 because of those damn West Coasters. Somebody can tweet me or text me what time the debate starts, and then we'll tell you. Because I'm, I'll be interested in, in, in watching. We're going to turn on the TV, and the kids are going to watch, and uh, I'll be taking notes. And I'm sure you can find Eric and I on Twitter, live tweeting this at RyanRminer.com. Eric, you are Spartacus33W, right? Is that your handle or um, no you're no, that's it's just it's eric beasley 33 w oh okay for twitter easy enough eric honestly I, yeah, that's, I don't even twitter that much i might like i, I think i'm going to be laughing too hard during this debate to actually be able to put out any tweets mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> uh let's see what else we talked about a lot oh i went to my i went back to college this weekend at duquesne university the uh, the place where all the learning supposedly happened. And uh, Kim and I, uh, we went up Friday night. And then, <laughs> speaking of traffic, you know, the 270 mess getting out of Rockville at 530. Uh, you know, we really didn't even get into Western Maryland until about 7, which and the, the, which placed us in Pittsburgh at 10. So uh, then we had an opportunity to go back to, to campus. I showed Kim all my classrooms. It was a lot of fun. It was nice to get out of town and and see some old friends and see a football game. But that's, that was the extent of my weekend. We came back late last night and, uh, fell asleep early, got up this morning, went to this forum, but I don't know. What did you, you, you just celebrated, uh, you had a birthday party. Yeah. I had a Arthur's, uh, or sorry, not Arthur's Zane, Zane's second birthday party. Yeah. Zane's birthday party. So that was, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, but yeah, well, we're, we're boring people. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I did get a new it. video game. I mean, I, we could talk about that. Yeah. You know, it's called Rim, it's called Rim World. Um, it's kind of like playing the Sims in space with weird creatures and aliens and stuff. And it's very, mm. it's, this is my favorite part about it, right? I keep wondering. Okay. So one of the characters, it, it's kind of like you have like little characters and interact with each other. Uh, one of my characters mm. is a cook who also happens to be gay. But none of the other men in my colony are gay, so he keeps getting depressed because they all reject him. So I've been really curious to see if he will become straight or if one of the other characters will become gay to satisfy his needs. Mm. Um, and I, I should mention <laughs> that before the show, yeah, before the show, uh, golfing legend Arnold Palmer died tonight at the age of 87 and uh, a very, I, as, a, as a golfer myself, um, he was a legend to so many people, a, a great American and somebody that will 
be dearly missed. And uh, so, Eric, with that, thanks for listening. It was a long episode, but it was uh, we covered a lot of material. Find us on the web, minordetail.com. I'm Ryan Miner with Eric Beasley. Thanks for listening. Have a good week.